Today I'm going to share with you a glimpse of heaven as Apostle John saw it. A glimpse of heaven. So be part of the great multitude in white robes from every nation. Or just let us just put it this way. A glimpse of heaven, the great multitude in white robes from every nation is the title of the message. Apostle John, he saw in a vision a glimpse of heaven. And the, of course the scripture is from Revelation chapter 7 verse 9. The great multitude in white drops. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and the, before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. So we will read more as we progress. This is really Apostle John, he saw a glimpse of heaven and what happened and also he encouraged the readers to stand firm against persecution and not to compromise with the world. To stand firm in the face of persecution, sufferings, difficulties, eventually tribulation, mention it. He mentioned it down the line as well. Say there will be terrible tribulation. The, not only tribulation, including the great tribulation. But he said, this is a time for the wicked to be judged and he encouraged believers to stand firm till the very end. Because it will be the day when the wicked will be judged and eventually believers will be taken to heaven. Now, I have mentioned a glimpse of heaven, right? So what does it look like in heaven? It says that there will be great multitude from every nation. That really gives us joy and happiness, right? Not only our people, not only our nation, but every nation. In the Bible, in the New Testament, whenever you see nation, don't think Pakistan, India, like this, okay? These are not nations according to the Bible in the New Testament. In the New Testament, the nation that we translate into English actually ethne. Ethne means actually not just this artificial boundary that people created, rather it's a people group. So people who speak the same language and culture will be considered one group. So Telangana and Andhra Pradesh, Telugu should be still consider a nation. <laughs> Even though they are in different states now, right? Like that, ethne stands like that. From every tribe, every nation, every people groups, Michelogist tells us like that, every people groups, they will be there. Now, heaven is such a joyful place, right? Heaven is such a happy place. 
Because it's not just one people group that goes to heaven, you will be shocked and surprised. Oh, they are also here. Oh, they are also here. <laughs> I'll tell you, even now, sir, back in my university days, my college days, I have a lot of non-Christian friends. And I was shocked. Many of them have become believers. And that time, they are like roaming around, uh, getting drunk, partying, and all this. Now you are there preaching the gospel. <laughs> you never imagine that that person will be like preaching the gospel and like praising God. And oh, wh what am I? The last have become the first. What about you and me? Are we making any progress? Like that, some of the believers, even to our ministries, when they meet their believing friends, they came to Christ through the ministry, our ministry, and when they meet their believing friends, supposedly believing friends, they were shocked. Like, oh, you were? I never thought you would become a believer, okay? <laughs> yes, heaven will be. Now, that is small glimpse that we see here, but the glimpse of heaven is a multitude. Ah, Bojpuri speaking people, they are there. <laughs> Tulu speaking people, they are there. Okay. <laughs> ah, all types of people are there. Maori speaking people, all this language that we didn't even know. The Bible tells us that they all will be there. This will be like, I feel like this is like New York, <laughs> but in terms of representation. Okay. If you go to New York, you find, you'll be surprised. You find people from all nations are there. Comparing to many other metropolitan cities around the world, New York may be the most diverse. I have never met so many people in our country from other countries. Few people I met them, but when I go to New York, I happen to meet all kinds of people from just from everywhere. Then, but that's, that is not heaven. <laughs> heaven is, in terms of quality, is totally different. But in terms of representation, they are close, okay, diverse, all kinds of people, so diverse. The Bible tells us that, yes, multitude, from every nation, every tribe, people and language. Why the world has coming, coming, coming to an end? Because the gospel must be preached to all nations. Pastor, all nations have received the gospel. No. Nations have received people groups. The Bible, what the Bible tells us about nations, they have not. Even a few years ago, around 8,000 people groups have not received. 8,000 nations have not received the gospel. You will be shocked. <laughs> That's why we are very much in a hurry. <laughs> we cannot wait anymore. We have to do our best to reach out to all those people. It's very exciting. How can all these people be in peace? And how can they all stay together peacefully, joyfully? It's heaven. Yes, they are the people who have been, who have one goal in mind. 
They have one discipline in mind. This, not the discipline of army, but the discipline of the gospel. They treat each other with love, respect. They make each other kings and queens. It's an amazing place. Here, people who are rich, they want us to worship them, or you know, not worship, but they want to subjugate the poor. The powerful wants to subjugate the less powerful. But heaven is no more like that. We treat each, all each other equal and respect one another. Church, I wish could become like that more and more. Where we respect each other more, where we give regards to one another, when we serve one another more, I wish we become like that. So the first thing you see is multitude from every nation. Be standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Before the throne and before the Lamb, they're all they're so happy. Will you be there? Or you are not sure you'll be there? Okay. If you'll not be there, that will be so sad, isn't it? We have to be there. You'll be surprised. Oh, I don't need to live uh, faithful that much. It's okay, I'm chosen. Don't leave, let us not live recklessly like that. You'll be, you'll regret. Later you find that the last have become the first, but the first one is left behind. That would be really sad. The first thing therefore you see is a multitude, the cliffs of heaven is you are taken aback. So us having this nationalistic thinking is very good, patriotism, very good, but we must always think about heaven. Let it not block our patriotism, our nationalism, let it not block the ways of heaven. Let us not become so engrossed with our own things and not love our neighbor, including other nations. So the first thing you see is diversity and multitudes, not just few, multitudes. This happened after 144,000 were sealed. Many interpretations are given by different denominations and preachers and theologians regarding 144,000 people. But this multitude happens after that. Chapter 7, beginning is 144,000, 1.44 lakhs. But this one happens after that. That means they are coming out from something else, which as we look down, we'll see. They were also dressed in white robes and holding palm branches in their hands. So it reminds us of, palm branches remind us of Jerusalem, when Lord Jesus entered the city of Jerusalem. Revelation 7, 13 to 14 says, Then the, one of the elders asked me, These in white robes, who are they? And where did they come from? I answered, Sir, sir, you know. He said, These are the, they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. 
Who are these people? They are all dressed in white robes. If you are not dressed in white robes, you will be outcast, basically. Meaning, white robes was a part of their kind of uniform. As they present themselves before the throne and the Lamb, represents the Lamb represents Lord Jesus, of course, the throne, the throne of God. White robes stands for the righteous, righteous acts of the believers. So in other words, okay, then who can wear white robes? Because we don't have righteousness on our own. That's why those who are washed their robes, meaning the robe I wear, becoming white, in the blood of the Lamb. It is Christ. It is Christ. Those who trusted in the finished work of Lord Jesus, those who finished in the redemptive work of Lord Jesus on the cross, they are the ones who have been washed, who have been redeemed. So if you don't believe Christ, then you have no part there. Because these are people who's, who have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb, this, this washing of the robes, there are two processes you know very well. Justification and sanctification. We are, as we believe Christ, we are justified. That doesn't mean that our robes are very white, right? A, a real believer will have the desire to be cleansed, desire to lead a holy life. Why? He has been purchased by the blood of the Lamb, he will not take it for granted. So if you don't have any desire to live a holy life, you continue to live a dirty, you know, secret life, with dirty secret lives, be very sure that you are not part of the great multitude. A glimpse of heaven that John, Apostle John saw, you will not be part of it, I will not be part of it. The word of God doesn't discriminate anyone. If you are rich or poor, it doesn't matter. We must wash our robes in the blood and make them white in the blood of, of the Lamb, the blood of Christ. Also, you, as you see, those who came out of the great tribulation, this great tribulation, I bold, I bold it, or I have highlighted it, why we do that? These are the people who are who came out after 144,000 people were sealed. What is the Great Tribulation? Great Tribulation, according to denominations and uh, you know theological leanings, people will have a lot of interpretation to it. But the reality is, tribulation comes before Christ comes, after Christ comes. Whatever it is, or we believers don't face tribulations, all these are theological leanings and interpretations of different churches. But the reality is that there is tribulation. And there are people who are coming out of that tribulation. Meaning, there will be great trials, unleashing of the Antichrist, and bringing so much persecution and suffering to the people of God. Suffering to the people. But these are the people who, the multitudes are still there who are coming out from these great tribulations because they, their faith is true. 
If our faith is not true, we will not be able to endure anything. Small suffering, small persecution, hey, the Bible doesn't teach suffering. <laughs> the Bible doesn't teach hardships. The Bible doesn't teach persecution. This must be, you know, wrong teaching. Or oh, the Bible should teach us we are only suffering in this world. The Bible should teach us prosperity, health, without illness, without suffering. We should never get sick. All these kind of things. Persecution can be in many different forms. But the great tribulation is a particular persecution that comes during that period of time when, you know, it's not just uh, individual persecution anymore. It is the corporate persecution. But they came out from that. Now they may be saying, is it because they endure hardships that they have been, they are able to come and be part of the great multitude? Even though they endure tribulations, even though they endure hardships, that doesn't save them. It is only the blood of the Lamb that saves them. That's why clearly the scripture uh, put these things together. They came out from the great tribulation, they have washed their robes. So washing of robes is a believer's duty. Why every day when I have to watch my step? Why every day I have to watch my doctrine? Why I should watch my conducts and doctrine? Every day, because this is part of washing of robes. If I have done something wrong, if I hurt someone, I regret, I repent, I seek the Lord's forgiveness. Why? As believers, we do. Why we do that? Because that is you. You don't want to get, bring the stained clothes to heaven. So it significant. It, it signifies washing. So remember that we are only saved by the blood. So sometimes some people may say, oh, because they, they endured tribulations, they went through hardships, for the sake of Christ, so they are saved. No, 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 that doesn't save us. Only the blood of Christ saves us. First Peter chapter 1, verse 18 to 19, let me read it quickly. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect, that rules out any other possibility of redeem, redemption to any other blood, because there is no other blood without blemish or defect, only Christ, born of woman, born of a virgin, without sin. Because if someone wants to die for you, it is ruled out because that is the blood of this another stained man, another man who is with blemish. But this is the blood without blemish. Therefore, you were bought with the precious blood of Christ. You know this uh, ERV version. So you are bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. He was pure and perfect sacrificial lamb. That's what ERV version tells us like that. So. The blood made it clean and white. What is the blood of Christ? I mean, you may be wondering, how can the blood do like the blood means if I wash in the blood, it will become stained with the blood, right? No, that is symbolical. 
We don't say that washing of blood doesn't mean that we have to wash in the blood. When we look at the blood, Lord Jesus, the cross, there is hardships, there is suffering. Even for us also, if we don't want to go the path of the cross, we, all, we want only the easy way, there is no cleansing of our life. Oh, I believe there was one man I met the other day. He said, he said like this, do you believe Christ? He said, yes, 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 I believe Christ. And then, so, uh, what are you doing now? He said, uh, Christ did everything, there is nothing for me to do, so I'm exploring other religions. Okay. He is a Westerner, okay? <laughs> so I say, don't you know that there is such a thing called sanctification? He said he never gone to church, so he doesn't bother. <laughs> so there are many people like that. They are Christians, they are both born and brought up in Christian family, but they don't learn the truth. Being born in the Christian family doesn't make you a believer of Christ. You have more, more potential, more privilege to hear God, so that's all, nothing more. You may have the Christian culture. Even many atheists in the Western world like Richard Dawkins and all, they claim they are culture, cultural Christians. That doesn't make them a Christian, okay? Many atheists. The Bible tells us that the idea of cleansing with the blood. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 says, Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they will be like wool. Some other translations say they will be white like wool. It's about sin. Sin has made us dirty. Sin has made our righteousness, which we are wearing, the robe that we are wearing, like a, uh, you know, garbage. The dirty clothes. It has become like that. Our, our clothes have become so dirty, not acceptable, because we are seeing a glimpse of heaven. So in other words, any believer who doesn't want to wash their life, their righteous acts, their clothes, with the blood of Jesus, those who doesn't want to wash their robes, they will not make it to heaven. This is not a uh, you know, simple thing. This is a reality. Even though you say, I believe, you, it means that that person doesn't really believe. Belief doesn't involve like that. If you believe, it means that you trust that, you trust in the blood of Jesus to cleanse you more and more. So you go and, you know, learn God's word and the, the word opens your eyes to falsehood and wrong practices, wrong way of talking, action and deeds. Many times we think what we do is right. The Bible, no, no wonder it says, there is a way that seems right before man, but at the end, it leads to death. So it looks, in the beginning, it looks okay, it looks fine, but it says, at the end, it leads to death. So here is an idea, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be 
like wool, as white as wool, some other translation says. That is the power of the blood. No wonder 1 John chapter 1 verse 7 says, The blood of his son cleanses us and purifies us from all sins. So, it is the blood. Even in the Exodus, they were about to come out. The last plague, the plague of the firstborn. How did they escape Israelites? The Lord said, when I come to your house, when I see the blood on the door frames, the blood of the lamb on the door frames, I will pass over you. In other words, all those people who are not washed, who are not covered by the blood of Christ, will stand condemned on the day of judgment. And only those who are washed in the blood, those who are covered by the blood, they will be saved. And that's why Apostle Jones did not find anyone who doesn't wear white drops. He saw only people who are wearing white drops. So, how about you? Do you bother to wear these white drops? Or you don't bother to wear white drops? I believe, I'm a believer. Or you say, oh, I need to, this, this area I'm very lacking. In this area I'm very weak. Easily I am tempted. Oh, I shouldn't go this place. I should not go to these places. Oh, I should not be watching this kind of movie. Oh, I should not be visiting this kind of app. I should not be visiting this kind of... So, if you are not doing those washing of robes, it's very important. What, what differentiates people of God and people of the world? People of the God are people who wash. Oh, this is unclean. Let me wash. This is unclean. Let me wash. But people of the world, no problem. They take everything casually. Relationship, sex, everything casually. No problem, you know. As long as the law doesn't condemn, the law means Supreme Court, High Court, you know. As long as the law doesn't condemn, they will not bother. But people of God are the people who say, oh, this may be the area where we need to do something. This area may be where I need to repent and wash. So Apostle John tells us the claims of heaven is multitudes are there and they are people who are wearing robes. They also have these palm branches, meaning they are the ones who are ready to give praise and honor and glory to God and to His Son. Palm branches stands for welcoming. You are, we already understood we have a claims from Lord Jesus' triumphal entry to Jerusalem. We have got some idea. It is true. So, heaven, we are looking at the claims of heaven. The third point I want to make is that they are the ones who praise, worship, and glorify God. I mean, if you don't want to praise God, if you don't want to glorify God, you will not feel like even going there. <laughs> some people say, some pastors often say it like this. People who don't, you know, who don't want to praise God, who don't want to glorify God, even if they want to come, they will feel bored. I mean, they will feel like tortured. <laughs> Why? Because this is a place where people are, you know, enjoying praising God. So if you have never enjoyed praising God, glorifying God, 
and orderly, there's no way. So we are learning that in advance in this world. They cried out in a loud voice, verse 10, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. They were enjoying salvation belongs. Salvation belongs to our God who sits upon the throne. Like that, that's kind of, there is a song, okay? And the angels, verse 11, standing around the throne, around the elders and the four living creatures, they fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. This is also, some people have composed a beautiful song out of these verses. They were praising, they were giving glory and honor. Those who have never said Amen in this world, they will be forced to say Amen there. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, Amen is not something that we should hold back, right? Let us learn to say Amen. Maybe not in voice, but inside your heart. Because when you go to heaven, you will be forced to say. So we are learning to say Amen. Amen means I agree. This is graceful. This is wonderful. That's when the elder was asking about who are these people who are wearing white robes. They are the people who have come out from the great tribulation. They wash their robes white in the blood of the Lamb. They were before the throne and they served Him day and night in His temple. For believers to sit at the feet of Christ, at the feet of God, is our joy. Mary and Martha, Mary was very happy just to sit at the feet of the Lord. That is a beautiful description of people of God, actually. But if we don't have that kind of passion, heaven is not a place, right? <laughs> if you don't want to do like that, heaven is not a place. Have you really enjoyed sitting at the temple day and night? And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. His presence will be such that you will never feel bored. You may be saying, Pastor, that kind of life seems very boring. To sit at the feet of the Lord day and night. No, no, no. His presence is so much because he is the Shekinah glory, right? He, is the, he has the glory which we can never describe with words. I mean, I lack human beings lack the language to describe how awesome it will be in the presence of God. There is no walk left anymore and our body is not going to decay. What a wonderful, right? What a wonderful place, heaven. And the Bible also says that uh, the Lamb will be at the center of the throne. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. 7 verse 17. So the center is our, their life is now centered fully on the Lamb who is their shepherd. Lord Jesus introduced himself as the good shepherd. 
But we often stray from the good shepherd. We go our own way. It breaks the heart of God. But now in heaven it is centered. Our life is centered on the good shepherd forever. There is no more going astray, no more straying from his presence. And there is nothing lacking. Hunger, thirst, suffering, pain, no more. The, the, the cliffs of heaven that we see, what uh, Apostle John is describing, verse 16, never again will they hunger, never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor, nor any scorching heat. Today, people who work in the field, the sun beat them down, scorching heat burn, burn them. And then you say, oh, we are office working people, we don't do this thing. No, you also need to work hard in order to be able to purchase those grains, isn't it? It doesn't come for free, right? Everyone does the same thing, is it? But then there is no such work anymore. Some people didn't understand. There was, uh, you know, my uncle was telling me, they have a Japanese who stays with them. They are missionaries to Japan. One day there was a chance for him to tell about heaven. Okay. He said, there is no more tear, no more, no more suffering, no more work, you relax. And he was saying, that Japanese guy was saying that, how can it be, that kind of place be good? We'll feel very boring because there is no work. I love work. He said like this and my uncle was shocked. How to tell this guy? Then he, my uncle was saying that, how can I describe the joy of heaven? We lack with human language. It's not that heaven is a boring place, is that how would you describe this heaven to a mere human being? Who may find joy in work or who may not find joy in work. There are many people like that. And heaven is a place. There is this perfect joy, perfect peace, no more suffering. You are, you, you are comforted. The last point I want to make is God will wave away every tear from their eyes. This is a glimpse of heaven. God himself will wave away every tear. There is no more death. Isaiah chapter 25 verse 8 tells us, He will shallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wave away the tear from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. And the Lord has spoken. This is the concluding remarks that I also want to make. Heaven is a place where there is no more disgrace, no more shame. Today we are shamed by our past mistakes and failures. What kind of face you have? How people look at you? How I also look at myself? Usually based on our past, isn't it? People don't say, oh, I can see your great future. I want to hire you. <laughs> People say that, oh, I saw your past, your achievement, your educational background, so I can see great future. Only then they will say, right? But if you have not made a lot of mistakes in the past, rather, they will shame us. See, because of these failures and mistakes, 
I don't think you qualify anything. But God is different. He, in spite of all our failures and mistakes, He said, I'll remove all the reproaches. I'll remove all your suffering, all your pain. I remove your disgrace. Some other translations say, I remove your shame. Some other translations say, I remove your reproach. I remove every bad thing. Okay. He said, another translation says, I remove insult and mockery. Insults and mockery, I remove. He will remove forever all insults and mockery. This is ESV version, okay? Against his land and people. The Lord has spoken. So heaven is where the Lord has waved away every tear. When John spoke about this, that he waved away tear from every eyes, believers, they understand Isaiah. They connect it to Isaiah. And Isaiah tells us that he removed all insults, all shame. How can I face God with this, all these sins, right? But he said, he'll remove all things. He'll give you a new white drops, full white drops. You can enjoy his presence forever. Now, what I'm thinking, what I'm thinking is, yeah, the joy. So many tribes, so many people, every nation, they come together. But what if I, my, my family is not there in full? What if my, some, of, some of my good friends are missing? What if my neighbors are missing? What if our loved ones are missing? How sad it will be. But many theologians have said that, of course, we are thinking like that right now, but once you are there, your mind will be insulated so that you will not have, you will feel that God has done justice. That you will not feel sorry for your loved ones who didn't make it because God has met, has done his justice. You will be fully satisfied. But think about it right now. From here, right? We are thinking from here. I cannot imagine. Therefore, when we look at the claims of heaven, yes, we must be the ones who stand faithful, who continue to wash our robes, our clothes. These clothes are the righteous acts. Every believer will wash their robes in the blood of the Lamb. As we mentioned, it is not uh, the tribulations we endure that makes us saved. No, no, no. It is the blood that saves us and enables us, give us, give us the strength to be able to go through the tribulations as well so that the multitudes from every nation were able to make it. I wish and I hope and I pray that all of us will be the ones who make it there. This is just a glimpse of heaven. I hope all of us, not just few of us, but all of us will be there enjoying the presence of God with the multitude how joyful, how wonderful it will be. Because that is the place where there is no more suffering, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more death, no more hunger. There is no more stress.
stressful things of the world. I hope that we will often think about this, about the claims of heaven, so that our weariness in this world also can be relieved. There is a song. When I think of heaven, it gives me joy. Even though we may be suffering right now, even though we may be going through personal tribulations, hardships, financial difficulties, health issues, and family issues, personal relationship issues, so many issues we go through. But Revelation chapter 7 is where Apostle, Paul, Apostle John has, tell, has told us there, is, there will be no more suffering and no more pain in heaven. That's where we are heading. So that can give us joy and hope. I hope that we don't forget this. Believers, we may go through a lot of problems, a lot of difficulties, even persecution, endangering our own life, but we, that's not our end. Death is, death is not our end. Resurrection is our end. Heaven is our end. And we must live continually washing our robes so that we can joyfully enter heaven. Amen? Let's pray. <clears throat> Almighty gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you and we give all the glory and honor to you, O Lord. O Lord, we have come to know, we have come to see a glimpse of heaven. And we realize that, Lord, we will be stunned and surprised and shocked and awe when we reach heaven. Many be unexpected people from every tribe, every nation will come there. Father, we, we come to know. Therefore, we continue to proclaim the gospel because it will be still received by lots and lots of people in our country and around the world. May we be the ones who think about these things. May we be the ones who walk towards this, these things. And may you bless us and may we understand this thing. And may we continually wash our clothes, our robes in the blood of the Lamb every day, sincerely. So that we could be part of people who make it to the heaven. We thank you. We praise you. We give all the glory and honor to you for this precious word. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Thank you.